First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. And welcome to another edition of the Hockey News on the Queue. My name is Will McLaren. His name is Jamie Tozer. We're happy to bring you all of the news highlights and newsmakers that are prevalent in the QMJHL for this week. And uh, Jamie, let's start off with you. Um, question number one, where were you last week? And uh, number two, how did it go? Because I don't think you were within the realm of the queue, were you? Yeah, we were uh, leapfrogging to the, uh, the WHL podcast territory a little bit. Uh, flew out to Saskatchewan to see a few games. Went to uh, Moose Jaw, Swift Current, um, and Regina. Um, at least made an appearance in Regina. Didn't end up seeing a game because of uh, um, some bad weather, which was uh, very unfortunate and uh, a little painful for me. But uh, I, I have a new appreciation well for the uh, the fall weather on the East Coast after uh, – a uh, pretty treacherous uh, five-minute drive to the airport uh, on Monday. So uh, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back uh, to 20-degree weather here uh, in the New Brunswick, Nova Scotia area. Yeah, well, we'll take the unseasonable warmth for sure. And exactly. it, is good to, it is good to get you back. You you still get to see uh, uh, the uh, acclaimed Mr. Bedard uh, on at least yep. one occasion, maybe two, if I'm not mistaken. Some, some once. Uh, didn't get to see him a second time, but... Uh, I think a game the Pats would probably like to forget. I think that was probably one of their worst games of the season. Uh, Moose Jaw really gave it to them, especially in the first period. Uh, would have liked to have seen a rematch uh, on Sunday, but unfortunately that didn't happen. But, you know, watching that game, you know, it's kind of crazy to, to, you know, see the Moose Jaw Warriors mentality going into that game, knowing that you're probably going to have to score three or more goals to have a shot at winning the game when you're going against the guy who's averaging two or more points a game, like that's got to be a really challenging mentality to go into that game knowing that you're you're kind of already down 2-0 uh, before the game even starts. So I'm sure that's that's a huge challenge for uh, those teams out there. Yeah, uh, we, we saw it in the queue uh, uh, almost two decades ago with, uh, with uh, Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. It was uh, much the same idea. I mean, not only were you getting packed houses, but you were just getting amped up opponents night after night after night. Yep. So when you think about it, you know, what uh, Connor Bedard's doing in Regina and what Crosby did uh, back in the day in Ramuski for them to put up the numbers that they, that they did and the performances they did, it's, you know, even more impressive knowing that much attention and spotlights on you. So uh, we'll uh, look forward to hearing uh, about uh, part two of the uh, Western journey journey. Once you get out to uh, Regina for, for those who don't know, Jamie is uh, on the verge of, uh, visiting all 60 CHL arenas. So uh, certainly a rare feat that um, I'm looking forward to following along uh, already. I can't wait to see uh, how, the, uh, how the end of this uh, journey goes. It's uh, 54 to 60 or 53 to 60? 53, I believe, of 60 right now. Uh, I'm not sure when the journey will end now, given uh, this Regina hiccup, but uh, we'll see. We'll attempt it this season, but uh, if it doesn't happen until next fall, uh, that's just the way it goes. All right, we'll keep an eye on uh, you, Jamie. But uh, for now, let's uh, keep an eye on the queue as well. And uh, we'll start with some news uh, 
from last week, um, of course, uh, the um, the topic of uh, sexual harassment, of uh, abuse, of scandal, you know, it's been very prevalent, uh, not just in the queue per, per se, there's been incidents, but uh, you know, throughout uh, junior hockey all the way up to the NHL. And uh, in part because of this, QMJHL has actually started a series of uh, consent awareness workshops. Uh, they're being hosted by uh, a woman by the name of uh, Leah Claremont-Dion. Uh, she's a producer, she's an author, she's also a political scientist. And she has her own very interesting stories to tell about uh, her different experiences. And uh, she, she ended up actually uh, taking those experiences and those of others and uh, creating a documentary uh, Recently, uh, it was a French documentary called uh, "Tajiste Pot de Plant," also known as uh, "You Just Have to Complain" in uh, in a rough English translation, and uh, that's actually part of this uh, coursework that uh, coaches and uh, teams throughout the uh, players throughout the QMJHL are currently uh, embarking on. So, uh, you know, uh, we both know Jamie. Uh, the hockey landscape is not perfect, and it's going to take a very long time until it gets to a point where people feel safe, but uh, certainly commendable by the QMJHL to uh, take this step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously uh, an issue much bigger and, and more important than hockey. Um, but great to see the league. It really feels like the league is is kind of being a, a leader in this space so far. Um, and maybe it's just because we follow this league more than other junior leagues, but it really seems like the, the Q... Um, has taken a big step into uh, into ensuring their players and their staff um, are, are taught um, courses in education like this um, and, and variety of different topics um, and all areas of inclusiveness, really. Um, so it's great to see the league really taking a big step. And hopefully this is a, a first step to solving a, a big problem for the sport. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they say actions speak louder than words. So here is some action. Uh, hopefully the, uh, the follow-up with it is just a, a, a better league to play in and yep. uh, a better league to follow as well. Um, we will, uh, as, as that uh, program continues its rollout, uh, be very eager to see uh, uh, how things take shape, uh, what, uh, what the end results are, which, you know, may take, uh, may take time as uh, things sometimes do, but uh Again, certainly uh, a feather in the cap of the QMJHL uh, to reach out to the right people and uh, to get uh, things going on the right foot uh, towards uh, uh, you know, uh, just a better experience for everybody. Um, moving on to the on-ice side of things, and uh, you know, let's talk about a couple of teams uh, on opposite sides geographically, opposite sides conference-wise, but um, both very animalistic. And we're talking about cats and dogs, and we'll start with the cats. And I know, Jamie, you're just down the road from this team in St. John most of the time. You're hanging around TV station a lot. So I don't know how much you really want to spend time talking about the Moncton Wildcats, but, uh, you know, they they certainly uh, deserve uh, some praise for what they've done. Uh, a team that uh, was we knew was going to be on the rise this year. We didn't know to what degree. We didn't know exactly uh, when they gained some traction. Scoring goals was difficult for them last year. But all of a sudden, they're, uh, they're, they've got points in their last six games at 5-0, 0-1, uh, scoring up and down the lineup. Vincent Filion's kind of having uh, his coming out party this year. He's 5-2 and two 
so far this year uh, and a career high so far in goals against average and save percentage. And uh, Etienne Moran, 17-year-old defenseman who's really, you know, he stepped into the number one position last year uh, in, in a lot of respects as a 16-year-old. There's no doubt he's the number one guy in the back end of Moncton, pointed game guy. He's a 2023 NHL uh, eligible uh, draft pick. And uh, just uh, your thoughts on uh, what's going on uh, up the highway from you. Well, I, I think the the first guy you mentioned, Vincent Villian, I think he's been kind of the biggest story for me because I think all, a lot of attention was on him going into the season. And I think he kind of had the opportunity last year to really take that number one role if he was able to take it. And he just wasn't quite able to take that step that we all kind of expected him to take last season. Um, kind of slid more into a platoon role. And that kind of led to a lot of offseason questions about whether Moncton was going to have um, – good enough goaltending to contend this season and it's early so far but it looks like he's um kind of finding those or fitting into those expectations that we kind of expected him um to fill um in his career so that's good to see that Fillion um is really stepping into that role um as a it looks like a quality number one goaltender and then yeah it's Moran. i mean those are uh, really really good numbers for a 17 year old defenseman i believe he's averaging uh, almost a, or yeah, a little over a point per game, which is uh, really impressive. Um, and then Yon, Yon Loshing, um, you know, watching him play um, last weekend against St. John, he was definitely one of the best players on the ice and he was very, very noticeable. Um, so Moncton looks good. Um, we'll see if they can keep it up. And Will, I mean, we mentioned a little bit last, last episode, um, they're playing in a division that's not great. So um, they're going to be able to pick up a lot of points if even if they're just a good team. You know, they don't have to be a great team to pick up a lot of good points this season. Definitely, uh, Jamie. You know this this year isn't so much the year in Moncton. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just more of a question of uh, you know what what uh, could we expect at least early on. See if uh, they can get their footing. So far, that's been the case. Uh, you know another another couple of key guys that uh, have uh, come up big in that lineup. Max Barbashev. You know it's his third season now in in Moncton. You know the younger brother of. St. Louis Blues' Ivan Barbashev, who had a very successful career in Moncton uh, back uh, about a decade or so ago. He attended New York Rangers camp, Max did uh, this past fall. And uh, talking to Richie Tebow, uh, the general manager in Moncton here just uh, last week uh, for an article that uh, will appear in the Prospects Unlimited uh, edition of Hockey News uh, coming out uh, fairly soon. Uh, one of the things that that uh, Richie points out is just the fact that you know he's this is the guy who stayed in Moncton for 18 months after he arrived. He arrived right in the middle of the pandemic, January mm-hmm. 2021, and you know he put in the commitment, um, yeah. and it's really paying dividends right now, not just for himself but for the entire team. And of course, Charles Baudouin, a guy that both of us got to see a fair amount of in June at the Memorial Cup for yeah. the uh, President Cup winning winning in Cataracts. He seems to have fit into the lineup very well. Ten points so far for uh, Baudouin uh, playing that strong two-way game that made him very valuable for the Cataracts uh, last season. Yep, and shout out to uh, shout out to Gabe Smith. I don't get to shout out Charlotte County guys too often in the queue, <laughs> Will. So shout out to Gabe Smith, St. Andrews native. Very good. Yep, and. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of good hockey played down in uh, that area. Of course, they used to have the Junior A Aces and uh, uh, their ownership group with the uh, with Horns, uh, who I get to know well with my time in that league. And uh, you know, a lot of and uh, you know, a, a pretty strong senior hockey uh, tradition as well. So 
Now you're you're right, uh, Jamie, uh, to see uh, uh, players' talent coming from all corners of uh, Quebec in the Maritimes. It's uh, never a bad thing. And uh, now you, you mentioned the uh, Cats; they were in St. John uh, last week. Well, the Dogs will be in Moncton this week. One of two games for the Wildcats uh, this coming week. Uh, they also host the Gatineau Olympic in uh, what uh, should be a pretty interesting matchup as Gatineau, of course, is uh, off to their own uh, very decent start over in the uh, Western Conference. Speaking of the Western Conference, uh, how about those Grand Miranda Huskies? Uh, they are getting closer to the peak of the building process again after winning the Memorial Cup in 2019. They're on a five-game win streak right now, but and that includes a three-for-three three jump through the Maritimes. Never an easy thing to do, even though Maritime Division isn't quite uh, maybe as strong as it has been in uh, years past. But uh, a big come-from-behind win in Halifax on Saturday night. I was there. Uh, they certainly turned it up a notch and put Halifax on their heels, a very good Halifax team on their heels. And uh, they're doing it with contributions up and down the lineup. And uh, the guy who stood out to me is uh, Bill Zona. Uh, he's leading rookie scorer. He's drafted sixth overall in the 2022 QNJHL draft. He's got 12 points in 13 games. He's not eligible till 2025 for the NHL draft. But when that time comes, you're going to see teams, I feel, knocking on his door. Yep. Big Bill, right? Big Bill, as, Big Bill. Uh, as he is called it, <laughs> on draft day, I think. Uh, yeah, really good start for the Huskies. Uh, I guess a little bit of a slow start, but they've really picked it up um, over the past little bit. And really, uh, like you mentioned there, well, um, really a, an organization that's kind of perfected the, the cycle um, over the past 10, 20 years. So you knew that they were going to start to see that upswing this year and next year. So um, good to see them back in contention. I, you know, Kind of starting to wonder, you know, could they push Gatineau in that West division? I that's an intriguing division to me. Um, you know, Valdor's still got some some pretty good older players, um, and then the Armada, who I think are off to a little bit of a slower start than they would have liked. And I know losing Patrick Gay to the pro ranks is a big loss for them, but you know they made some pretty big splashes in the off season. Um, interesting division, and uh, probably a good good challenge for the Huskies really to to play a lot of these teams as they kind of hit. The, the upswing of this rebuild. Yeah, definitely. And you even look at a team like Valdor that's holding their own far better mm -hmm. than probably a lot of people expected. Um, you know, there's there's rumors already swirling about what they're going to do at the trade period, but it uh, looks like no matter what they do, they've banked a few points early. You know, you know, just a quick point on that Western Conference in general, you know, eight teams in the conference, seven of them are 500 or higher. And that's based on win percentage. That's not based on points percentage. That's not taking into account you know, shootout and uh, overtime losses or anything like that. There's a number of surprisingly solid teams early on. And sometimes you see that where uh, early on in the year, some teams that maybe you didn't expect to see uh, come out too hot, they catch teams by surprise. But, uh, you know, we're not that early into the season now. We're getting close to month number two. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to see the parody over in the West is... Uh, you know, it was certainly, certainly surprising and also just very exciting to see. Yeah, and, it, you know, another team that's really surprised me well in the West, uh, Victoriaville, who uh, missed yes. the playoffs last season. And they're off to seven four zero one start. That's that's excellent for them. Um, I'm really curious to see kind of how this plays out over the next couple months just because there's been 
um, so much crossover where there's been a lot of West East and we know that the power is in the West and we're, we see kind of some lopsided numbers. Um, we've seen the West teams pick up a lot of wins against East opponents. So I'm curious to see kind of how once things cools down a little bit, cool down a little bit and the schedule gets a little bit more normalized to see who, uh, how the, the standings kind of uh, go from there. Western Conference is uh, currently 30 and 12 against the Eastern Conference, Crazy. Jamie. So, you know, Crazy. very good point. It'll be interesting to see. And once the holidays roll around, there's a lot more interdivisional matchups. Teams mm -hmm. aren't traveling quite as much close to Christmas and New Year's. We'll see how things balance out. But, uh, you know, excellent performances so far uh, out in the Wild West. Uh, now, uh, turning our attention from the queue up to the NHL and our NHL team profile for this week, we're going to the Metropolitan Division. And we're going to Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, nobody on the Hurricanes NHL squad at the moment um, with QMJHL experience. There was one guy who was a very late cut, and that is uh, defenseman Kevin Fitzgerald. Um, but uh, other than that, um, you know, nobody, uh, nobody in the lineup right now. There's a couple guys in the queue, however, that are draft, uh, drafted players in the QMJHL. And we talked about Valdor and Gatineau. Well, that's where the two of them reside, Jamie. One is Justin, Justin Robita, uh, center over in Valdor, former number two pick in the queue draft. He was selected in the fifth round in 2021 by the Hurricanes. And in that same draft, in that same round, the uh, Hurricanes also selected uh, Gatineau forward Bobby Orr, uh, formerly the Halifax Mooseheads, former 20-goal scorer in Halifax, traded to uh, Gatineau uh, before this season. Yeah, and, you know, Bobby Orr, I think, uh, a bit of a surprising trade, a trade that kind of made sense after it kind of settled down a little bit. But uh, I think a move that we didn't really expect to happen during the offseason to see him get traded to Gatineau and go from a good Halifax team to another good team um, so that was a bit of a surprising trade, but uh, uh, we'll see how that one kind of plays out over time. Um, but yeah, I mean, Orr's a, a phenomenal skater, as we know. Uh, really plays a hard style, uh, really good two-way forward. Uh, I'm curious to see if he can kind of get his offensive numbers up a little bit as he's getting older, um, especially playing on a really good Gatineau team where he should be able to pick up some points. So curious to see what uh, he's kind of capable of offensively this season. Um, and then Robot, I mean, I think I think he's probably the guy that we're all we're all watching to see where he lands uh, at Christmas. That's probably one of the the marquee trade targets um, this season. Um, captain in Valdor, thirty goal scorer. Um, you know, he's he's going to be a, a wanted man. Yeah, definitely, son of uh, former QMJHL and NHLer. Uh, Stefan Robeda, um, big seasons uh, so far, helped lead uh, Valdor to a President Cup final in 2021. And uh, note on Bobby Orr, who I want to I want to guess with Orr, he was dealt to Gatineau over a topic that we discussed last week, Jamie, with uh, Louis Robitaille, and that's the injury factor. You know, there's mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, there there's a number of uh, big names from you know uh, Manix Landry, Antonin Vero, um, you know, they, they uh, received Olivier Nadeau from Schoenigan. He won't be around for the first few months. So just to, to maintain some modicum of that, uh, that depth, I think the, the Bobby Orr trade was a pretty, pretty smart move uh, from their uh, standpoint. Uh, and, uh, you know, wherever he lands in the lineup, once uh, that team gets a little bit healthier, um, for sure, uh, he has the potential to uh, produce for them. Uh, the AHL, we already talked about Kevin Fitzgerald. 
um, with the Chicago Wolves. Um, won a Calder Cup with the Wolves last year, as did his teammate and another Q alumni, Vasily Panamarev, former center for the Schwinnian Cataracts. Gavin Fitzgerald is a guy that uh, always strikes me as, as interesting. He was never drafted. He was a free agent signing of the Halifax Mooseheads. He had played junior A hockey for the Somerset Western Capitals. Um, had a very productive career in Halifax, got traded uh, to Schwinnigan, I believe, uh, partway through his Q career. Was not drafted in the NHL, signed with, with uh, Carolina, originally signed with San Jose. And he's just made the most of every opportunity he's had, even though sometimes he hasn't really been given much of an opportunity. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's wild that he was never drafted. And uh, there's a guy that we've been talking a lot about this week who's similar story, Arbor Jackai. Um, Absolutely. Similar, similar to that. So it just goes to show you that um, um, you work hard. Doesn't matter where you get drafted or if you get drafted at all. If you if you work hard and you have the talent, you're gonna make your way to the to the top. Yeah, people will notice you, and well, everybody noticed Arbor Jack guy last week. Last <laughs> week, that's for sure. Um, Zach Cassian being one of them. <laughs> I think so. Uh, yes, definitely, definitely. And then, of course, another guy that we get to see at the Memorial Cup with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, very impressive performance there. Um, one guy of note in the ECHL Carolina Norfolk Admirals, Xavier Bouchard, five-year veteran in the queue between Bacon Mo Cape Breton and Miranda Randa, and um, originally a Vegas draft pick, but has made his way into the uh, Carolina system. Uh, so still a prospect in Carolina. And speaking of prospects, let's talk a little bit about the 2023 draft prospect of the week. We focus on a QMJ Cheller who is on the radar with NHL Central Scouting. And this week we're going to talk a little bit about another defenseman, another guy who has come up through the ranks in Shawinigan. That's Jordan Terigny, drafted ninth overall by Shawinigan in 2021. And uh, Jamie, one of those guys that uh, I always say, you know, he may have been 16, but he kind of played like he was 18. And it showed not only in the regular season, but through the President Cup playoffs, helped Schwinnigan win their first title in their 53rd year of operation, yeah. and then brought helped bring that team to within a goal of reaching the Memorial Cup Finals. So uh, give us your thoughts on uh, what you've seen of uh, Jordan as well. I mean, you, you had plenty of opportunity to see him as well in St. John you know, back in June. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Really good player, um, you know, and obviously to win um, a league championship and go to the Memorial Cup in your rookie season, that's obviously going to be a huge, huge benefit um, for the rest of his career, really, uh, especially in junior. Um, but similar to what we were mentioning about Moran, I mean, these those numbers that he's putting up as a 17-year-old, I mean, um, when you're averaging like a point a game as a 17-year-old defenseman in the queue, I mean, that's those are really good numbers. And he's not playing on a... On uh, last year's Schwinnigan team now, he's playing on a much different Schwinnigan team that doesn't have the firepower. Um, so a phenomenal, phenomenal season for him. Um, curious to see if he can really rise up the, the draft rankings, um, if he can kind of keep this up. Um, but curi again, curious to see um, how he plays defensively because I think that's probably the, the big focus for him and a lot of the younger defensemen in the league um, to focus on defense. Um, and obviously as a... Uh, I actually didn't even know this until I saw the show notes. I didn't even realize he was the younger brother of uh, Miguel Torgny. So uh, yeah. obviously a guy who who knows how to put up some points. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know uh, Miguel, who uh, we know very well from his time in 
who we know very well from his time in uh, the queue with Blaineville and with Bathurst. Yep. Um, you know, just an offensively driven uh, defenseman in his own right. Um, but, you know, one thing that struck me with um, with Jordan talking to uh, Martin Mondeau, the uh, general manager in uh, Schwinnigan last year, he made a point. He did not want to deal Jordan during um, almost anybody else potentially on the table. Uh, he wanted to keep him for the uh, for the rebuild, and we're kind of seeing why. And you know, as Daniel Renault and his coaching staff, uh, you know, bring him into that more elevated role, uh, he's not as insulated as he once was. Be very interesting to see, uh, as you mentioned, Jamie, how his game rounds out uh, in the years to come. And uh, Jordan Turigny as well named uh, one of the players to watch by NHL Central Scouting. That list came out. Earlier today, there were 27 QMJHL players on it. We talked about Ethan Gauthier last year. He's the only A-listed prospect in the queue right now. Uh, Turigny is a B-listed prospect, along with Halifax's Matthew Catafor, Moncton's Etienne Moran, of course, we just discussed, and uh, Mateo Mana, Shikudami, Tyler Pedaletta, Drummondville as well, and then uh, everybody else is in that C-list. Um, don't know how much time you've had uh, to take a look at that list, uh, Jamie. Hey, it did come out uh, fairly recently, but uh, any thoughts on the list in general? Maybe anybody who you thought was maybe a little low, maybe a little high, any surprises? Yeah, you know, just overall thoughts. Um, <laughs> hate to be the downer, but, you know, not a not a great year for the Q again this year. Not a, not a huge draft, probably only going to have one, maybe two guys taken in the first round. So, again, not a... Not the greatest draft years ahead for the queue, but hopefully that um, improves in the near future. Um, but one of the guys on the list that I feel like we don't talk a lot about is Tyler Bettle, um, who you right. know is very, very highly touted in the draft, and um, you know just felt like we didn't kind of went under the radar last season, but off to a good start with Drummondville. Um, curious to see what type of season uh, he can have here in his draft year. Um, I'm also curious to see what type of player he kind of rounds out to be. Just um, you know, give a shout out to the AUS, which I I managed to not do last week. Shame on me. Um, you know, I know his his father, Brad. I've seen um, Santa Fex, who's he's been the head coach of Santa Fex for quite a while now. I've seen them play many many times, and they're probably one of the hardest working hockey teams um, I've ever seen. So I'm curious to see if Tyler Pedal kind of some kind of uh, plays a similar style to that Santa Fex uh, style of hockey. Yeah, definitely. You know, the the uh, the bloodlines uh, are certainly uh, strong with uh, with Tyler, and you know we'll probably go into even greater detail with him uh, as a 2023 eligible prospect uh, down the road here um, on uh, the hockey news on the queue. Um, but you know, that's a very good point, Jamie. In that you know, not very often you can say that about a second overall pick in any draft that maybe he flew under the radar a little bit. You know, there, there was talk that he could easily have gone number one to yep. uh, Cape Breton and, you know, instead of uh, going in that number two slot or sorry, that number one slot, I should say in Sherbrooke, I should say um, where um, Ethan Gauthier did wind up going, goes number two to Drummondville had a very strong start uh, battle busy injury bug. If I'm not mistaken last year, but just a dynamic player on a Drummondville team that is kind of, you know, mid-level right now. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be expected to drive a lot of offense 
And uh, so far, he's been equal to the challenge. He's been coming up big when necessary. A uh, couple names that uh, stuck out to me, uh, Justin Gill is one of them. We talked about him last week, mm-hmm. center from Sherbrooke. He's a, a C-level prospect. I'd be curious, given his age, uh, whether or not uh, an NHL team would take a flyer on him. Um, and uh, another guy who he, he doesn't show up in the scoreboard a lot, but he is usually involved in the play and rather heavily at that. And that's uh, Ty Higgins in uh, Bathurst. Um, uh, anytime I've seen the Titan play in recent uh, times, last couple of years, um, Ty has, you know, he's, he's started to earn more and more minutes as, as uh, time goes on. Obviously, there was a big overhaul in uh, Bathurst as well last year, last year uh, from last year, which was uh, kind of a go for it year uh, for the Titan. Uh, they fell uh, in the second round uh, of the playoffs last year, but uh, Higgins is just one of those steady, steady Eddie sort of guys who, even if he, he's even if he doesn't get picked in the NHL draft, um, he is one guy that I could see pro scouts sort of gravitate towards, quickly snap him up after his draft eligibility is is over. So uh, lots to uh, look forward to there. Of course, um, there will be an update uh, after New Year's and the final rankings will come out in the spring. And we'll keep a close eye and see if anybody, particularly in that B list, uh, is able to shoot up a little bit higher in the rankings and uh, give the queue a better showing uh, at the 2023 NHL entry draft. And uh, we talked about Matthew Catafor being one of those B-level prospects. Well, one of his teammates was a B-level prospect last year. He ended up getting drafted, and he has made the most of it. And that is Jordan Dume. He is the QMJHL Player of the Week. Six goals, two assists in three games, including a four-goal effort against the Acti Bathurst Titan on Sunday afternoon. Um, Jamie, uh, everyone that I talk to, whether it's in Halifax uh, I've talked to a couple of people involved in the uh, Columbus organization. They say the exact same thing. This guy just knows where the puck's, puck is. He knows where the puck's going to be. And if he doesn't have it, he knows how to get it. He is the king of turnovers in Halifax right now, forcing them and, and really driving the offense. He was third in the league scoring last year. He's going to be right up there again this year if all things uh, stay equal. Yeah, definitely one of the most dangerous offensive players in the league for sure. Um, and you know, putting up crazy numbers in his draft year, 109 points last year. Like that's that's really really impressive. And I don't know if you've had a chance to look at his elite prospects page, but um, he's on pace right now for uh, 68 goals and 166 points this season. Is that um, good? <laughs> I say he does it. I think he's going to hit it. Uh, like that is that is really good. And like. I almost feel like we're still underrating him a little bit. Like, I feel like we're, mm-hmm. I feel like we're not really valuing him um, as much as we should, which is crazy to say. Well, I remember when he came into the league at 16, of course, been watching him here ever since. Uh, he came in with not a lot of fanfare. He was one of mm-hmm. two first round picks of the Mooseheads that year. Marcus Vidicek was the other one. Marcus Vidicek was the higher pick as well. And Vitacek maybe got a little bit more of the attention, but at the same time, the Mooseheads were also bringing in Zachary LaRue, who is still with Moosehead, but currently uh, injured until probably at least December, and Elliot Denoye, who has since graduated from the queue. So de- between Denoye and LaRue, and to a lesser extent, Vitacek, 
It kind of allowed Dume to kind of slide under the radar. Yeah. But at times that first year, he was on the first line. Yeah. And uh, he he's made the most of all of the opportunities that's been handed to him. And here we are two years later. He's leading this team. And, and you're right, Jamie. He, he maybe isn't getting the same notoriety. In Halifax, he is. But at the same time, you know, he, he's kind of getting it knowing that, you know, a guy like Zach LaRue is not in the lineup. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's, he's really being forced upon to, to drive the offense even a little bit more than he normally would. Mm-hmm. And it's like water off a duck's back with him. He's just, he, he just, let, he just rolls with it and he produces. And, uh, you know, if, if that's the, the least you can say about a player, then you've got yourself uh, an excellent player on your hands. Yeah, and you know, you just listed off a lot of those guys. I mean, this is this is a really good core that the Mooseheads have built here. And I think obviously, when you're trading a guy like Bobby Orr um, away, I mean, that kind of signals that you have a really good offensive core. So, um, really interesting year in Halifax. I think most of us expect them to kind of win the division, uh, not necessarily easily, but I think we kind of expect them to be a little bit of step above the rest of the teams, the Maritimes. I'm curious to see how they, uh, how they perform this season. I think next year is probably their, their big year and uh, Dume is going to be a, a huge piece of that. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the uh, players of the week are the player of the week, one of the players on the team of the week in the QMJHL. He's joined up front with, with uh, Tommy Cormier and Victoriaville, another huge breakout year there with the, uh, the undersized forward uh, who Victoriaville basically picked up for a song. And uh, he's been uh, lights out for a surprising Victo team. James Malatesta in Quebec, of course, is uh, the other forward, another one of those guys with the infinite forward depth that the Ramparts have. He's a big part of that. Uh, Cal McCollum in Valdor and Tyson Hins, we t- who we briefly touched upon uh, last week. The Anaheim Ducks prospect playing in Schwinnigan. Those are your two defensemen on the team of the week. And in goal, another guy who has had a very hot star, William Russo, once again, the Quebec Rampart. And speaking of the Rampart, one of uh, four teams mentioned in the uh, top 10 rankings uh, in the CHL. Those came out today. The Ramparts are second. The Sherbrooke Phoenix are fourth. They dropped down a spot. Halifax Mooseheads, who were an honorable mention, are now in 10th. And Gatineau, who were in the top 10, fall into the honorable uh, mention category. So the Q still very well represented on the national stage. And a lot of those teams show up in our key matchups of the week as well, Jamie. Um, on Wednesday, for example, those Mooseheads, they're on their first Quebec trip of the year. Uh, you know, you mentioned how they're expected to be a top team in the Maritimes. Well, let's see how they do against that very strong Western mm. Conference. Yeah. They're going to get their first crack at them uh, on Wednesday night in Blaineville, and they play the Armada. Uh, Thursday night, uh, Valdor and Ruan Naranda. That's the first of a back-to-back home and home Thursday and Sunday. The Battle of uh, 117, I believe they call it up there. Um, so always, uh, always good. And with both teams, a little bit surprisingly good. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit unexpected. Should be good. And of course, Gatineau and Moncton on Friday night. Uh, what are you looking forward to in the upcoming week in the QG? Well, the Valdor Ruan series will be interesting because, like you said, I mean, I think they're kind of on a little bit of an even footing so far. And I think anytime you got two rivals um, that are kind of in the same, same uh, level of caliber, uh, you're going to get some good games. So hopefully that's a, that's a good series and that rivalry can kind of be reignited this season. 
Um, also curious to keep an eye on Gatineau and that, that maritime road trip. I think that game Friday against Moncton, that'll be uh, an interesting matchup. Looking forward to watching that. Yeah, no, we're seeing uh, a lot more guys uh, or a lot more teams uh, start to cross over uh, from one conference to the other. The West has already played the East quite a bit. Now we get to see the East, uh, some of the top teams in the East uh, face off against uh, their counterparts out West. Should be interesting. We can't wait to see not only what happens, but we can't wait to tell you all about it next week when uh, we are back once again. Uh, this has been another episode of Hockey News on the Queue for Jamie Tozer. I'm Will McLaren. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.